Welcome to the Seattle Public Library's podcasts of author readings and library events, a series of readings, performances, lectures, and discussions. Library podcasts are brought to you by the Seattle Public Library and Foundation. To learn more about our programs and podcasts, visit our website at www.spl.org. To learn how you can help the Library Foundation support the Seattle Public Library, go to foundation.spl.org. The podcast you are about to hear was recorded in 2010. Hello. Welcome to Seattle Biblio Cafe. Um, this podcast is brought to you by the Seattle Public Library. It's uh, librarians getting together to talk about books on a coffee break. Um, and those of us who are here today, um, Linda, David, Beth, and me, Misha. And I'm going to start. Um, today I'm having a decaf soy latte. It's later in the day, so I'm, I'm not going to tempt myself with more caffeine. And the book I wanted to talk about this time is actually um, The Financial Lives of the Poets by Jess Walter. He's a local author, and I confess that I haven't read his other books, although I've heard that they're fabulous. Um, his book, Citizen Mints, is set in Spokane, and my book group is going to be discussing it in November, and I can't wait because I really, really love this book. And The Financial Lives of the Poets is one of those books that's all the more heartbreaking to read right now because it's all about how it feels to be in the middle of a recession and in the middle of um, what he calls financial Ebola. Um, it, the main character, Matt Pryor, is this guy who's basically made one ill-advised decision after another. He's left his job as a business journalist at a newspaper to start his own website um, called Poetfolio, where he was merging poems with financial advice. Great idea, Matt. So when we meet Matt, he, we realize that that venture was a flop, and he's gone to a 7-Eleven one night to get overpriced milk for his two sons, and he meets these, you know, guys who, you know, take him to a party, he gets stoned, and he realizes, wow, I could sell pot. Maybe I can get us out of hawk. Um, he's, he's just about to lose his house in six days. His wife doesn't know it. He's afraid she's having a, an affair online, and... Um, so that's just kind of the beginning of the book. And, it, and it, it's just heartbreakingly hilarious. Um, and I, I just thoroughly enjoyed reading it, even as it was painful to read some of the minute details. He shares his entire financial outlook with you through page by page. It's, it, was, it was just a really brilliant little book. And now I'm going to pass it to Linda. Okay, so we're starting with uh, what, we're, what we're drinking. Yeah, what are you <laughs> Well, David, today I'm having a, a 16 ounce non-fat latte, and it's a split shot because I'm trying to cut down on caffeine, um, which isn't as much fun as I thought it would be. But the book I want to tell you about is a lot of fun. It is uh, written for young adults, and it's what people are now calling a crossover book in that it was written and marketed to teens, but it has a lot of adult appeal and it is doing really well uh, in terms of sales to adult readers and also enjoyment by adult readers. The book is called Will Grayson, Will Grayson, and it's by John Green and David Levithan. John Green wrote uh, Looking for Alaska, which won the Prince Prize, and he's written several other well-known books and David Levithan is probably best known for Boy Meets Boy which is also a teen novel 
Will Grayson, Will Grayson is about what happens when two people with the same name cross paths. And our Will Graysons are both juniors in high school. They go, they live in different Chicago suburbs, and they meet one night in downtown Chicago, and their lives will never be the same. One of the things that unites our two Will Graysons, besides their name, is a, who turned this guy who turns out to be the main character of the book, uh, Tiny Cooper. And Tiny is six and a half feet tall. Uh, he's not, the book says he's not the world's largest gay man, he's not, or he's not the world's largest man, he's not the world's gayest man, but he's the world's largest person who is really, really gay, and also the world's gayest person who is really, really large. And Tiny is a football player and also a drama club geek. There's a little bit of, um, if you like the TV show Glee, there's a little bit of a Glee theme going on here because Tiny is writing, producing, and directing a play called Tiny Dancer that is all about everything that's awesome and fabulous about Tiny Cooper. Anyway, so Tiny is this unforgettable, good-hearted, lovable character who unites the two Will Graysons. Uh, one Will Grayson is straight and is best friends with Tiny. The other Will Grayson is gay and just coming out and Tiny kind of helps him come out. And it's a great book. It's a great guy book. It's a great friendship book. It's about guy-girl dating, guy-guy dating. It's I, I actually can think of so many people, male, female, of all ages, who would love Will Grayson, Will Grayson. And David, what are you drinking and reading? <laughs> um, I am drinking a 20-ounce quadruple shot uh, soy latte, or as the barista referred to it, a bucket of soy, no, or, he, or a bathtub of soy. He said, I think he said a bathtub of soy um, when he brought it to me. And it is indeed a bathtub-sized cup of of soy. Um, so the book I want to tell you about today is um, one, first of all, I'll, I'll tell you sort of about a kind of great experience that librarians get to have. I was walking down the aisle um, right near our desk, and the book I'm going to tell you about today um, sort of jumped out at me and caught my eye. It was this bright orange cover, and I looked at it, and I had this wonderful sort of experience, which is, here was a book that I knew we used to have in the library years ago, and but it's an older book. It first came out in 1970, and it's been out of print for a while. And suddenly it's been reprinted in a 40th anniversary edition, and we bought copies. So it was, it was just this, I was really delighted to see, oh, this wonderful, wonderful book um, that we have again. The book is called The Friends of Eddie Coyle, and it's by George V. Higgins. And um, this edition has a nice little introduction by the crime writer uh, Dennis Lehane, in which he refers to it as one of the four or five greatest crime novels ever written. Elmore Leonard has referred to it as the greatest crime novel ever written. And that, that tells you a little something. It's one of those books that, that really casts a long shadow over American crime writing because all the major, like Elmore Leonard, Dennis Lehane, George Pelicanos, Richard Price, they're all people who were really influenced by this book. And um, basically, the book is like every, three pages out of four are dialogue amidst these really these low life Boston characters. There's a there's an arms dealer like a gun runner. There's a bunch of bank robbers. There's another ba bunch of sort of would be bank robbers. There's a federal cop. There's several snitches, and the book just kind of goes you know two guys talk, 
and chapter and two more guys talk and chapter and then two more guys talk and then it's, that's a chapter and then there's a bank robbery and that's a chapter and it's 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 wonderfully um, sort of artless he's really known for kind of being the master of this dialogue that feels like you're just sort of um, tuned into a, an FBI wiretap and are just hearing these two guys in a room talking about what they do and everybody in the book is is on the make or on the take it's got that feel like the wire had that show the wire where there were the cops and there were the robbers but it wasn't like they were doing anything really different it's just they were kind of on different sides of the law but basically kind of out for the same kind of stuff wonderfully written um, and I think kind of a single sitting read too it's very hard to put down but um, yeah it's just a brilliant brilliant crime novel great sort of uh, uh, what cinema verite that's the friends of Eddie Coyle by George V. Higgins <laughs> how about you Beth what are you drinking and what are you reading what am I drinking I'm not sure I'm so wired now if I can remember it's a, um, a double latte with 2% milk with a little bit of sugar and cocoa sprinkled on top and it's being served in a beautiful kind of a bowl shaped cup <laughs> this is a very classy place that we're in I feel like I'm in Paris <laughs> anyway um, yeah the book I read recently on the bus uh, was Good in Bed by Jennifer Weiner W-E-I-N-E-R um, if the E comes before the I it's pronounced Weiner if the I comes before the E it's pronounced Weiner so if you're looking for it on the shelf, be sure you look in the right place. Um, I was reading it on the bus uh, just to get an idea what chiclet was like, um, which is a rather demeaning term for the kind of literature that appeals to young women in their 20s and 30s, usually has an urban setting, has enough sex to be interesting. Um, the main character is witty, funny, they're good friendship, friendships in the book. Uh, and um, and then uh, there's always a romantic, a romantic element, and generally a happy ending. So this book is the first one I've read of this genre, and I, I think it's something everybody should try. I my daughter was visiting from New York, and she needed something light to read because she came with her two two young children. So this is something you can pick up, put down. Um, Read, read through real real quickly. Great bus reading, although with the, the title, Good in Bed, I was <laughs> trying to hide the title a little bit. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, it starts out with a, a, a woman who's herself a reporter living in Philadelphia, which is kind of refreshing rather than New York City. It's kind of a sex in the city kind of book. And she sees a column written by a former boyfriend, which is called Loving the Larger Woman. And it's all the intimate details of their love life and, and how she feels about being an overweight woman. And, of course, she's, she's recently broken up with him because she figured the relationship wasn't going anywhere. But ironically, or she decides after, after the, this thing, this happens with the column that she's still in love with him and wants to get him back. And so most of the book is about her uh, efforts to get him back. Uh, it's very funny. Um, she deals with a lot of weight issues, That uh, going to a weight loss clinic. There's an, enough family dysfunction, a father who left when she was a young girl. And it is preposterous that it ends happily, but that's, that's fine. It's just what we need in the summertime.
So we have a little time. I think we're going to go around one more time and talk about some, uh, just a couple more books that we've read recently. And I was just going to say that I, I, I was telling David the other day that um, after having finished The Financial Lives of the Poets, that I felt like I was reading a similar book again and again. And I've read a couple other books that also feature these sort of endearingly pathetic guys who keep making all these ill-advised decisions, but you keep following them, just sort of shaking your head and laughing out loud. And um, two other books, actually, too, um, that also do this are The Ask by Sam Lipsight and This Is Where I Leave You by Jonathan Tropper. Linda, you go. Okay, well, since Beth was just talking about Jennifer Weiner, and now I will know how to say her name, I knew how to spell it, um, I am listening to her newest book, which is called Fly Away Home. It's a good audio, um, completely different than some of the other things she's written in that it's about a marriage possibly falling apart, a high-profile couple, and the senator has an affair. I uh, just read a really entertaining little memoir called I'm With Fatty, uh, How I Lost 50 Pounds in 50 Miserable Weeks by the author's name, let's see if I can remember it, Edward Ugel, I don't know, U-G-E-L. Anyway, I'm With Fatty. I don't think there are any other books with that title out there. The subtitle caught my eye because I could stand to lose about 50 pounds. Um, that's why I'm having a 20-ounce uh, soy latte. <laughs> no, but it was really charming. Uh, again, actually kind of another book about sort of a loser guy, but how he lost some weight and gained it back and lost it and gained and lost it. There's a great description of a binge he goes through in there that's very memorable. <laughs> well, a book I haven't read recently, but I intend to reread. I uh, gave it to my sister when she was here on vacation. The Giant's House by Elizabeth McCracken which has some of the other themes of books we've talked about. It's a very tall adolescent giant um, <laughs> and, and about a librarian, a, a typical, stereotypical spinster librarian in the 1950s, and she falls in love with the giant. And it's just, it's romantic and thoughtful and provoking, and um, I'm really looking forward to reading it again. It's one of my favorite books. Well, thank you for tuning in to Seattle Biblio Cafe. We'll talk to you next time. This podcast was presented by the Seattle Public Library and Foundation and made possible by your contributions to the Seattle Public Library Foundation. Thanks for listening.